Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back, Final Whistle. Sunday before NRL kicks off. Trev, how are you, mate? Pretty good, Fifey. How are you, champion? Mate, I'm alright. You know what it's like. Any time to do a podcast and have a couple of beers. It's always a good time. Dale is off um, making brownies, I think, Trev. Yeah, he has no brownie points to come out on Sunday. Uh, he'll be he'll be back on Wednesday, guys. Um, He's only got enough brownies for a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, mate. Uh, you were on, uh, was it Club Trev last night or Footy and Froffies? Which one? I, I, I can't, oh, keep, man, all, I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, all, it's all part of the Big Gardens Empire, so yeah, no. You're mate. becoming a sexy lady under 20 a lot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, yeah, no, it's pretty good uh, working with the boys over there on the Club Trev podcast and the Footy and Froffies and all that. As I said, it's all part of the Big Garden Empire, which is pretty good. I heard that. Uh, I heard that you got to be Trev by the name to get into the tr- Club Trev Association. Uh, not always, <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate. Moving on, Warriors. Finally, they've been allowed to loan players on uh, what I've uh, I've read and believed to be a uh, four to six week loan period. And the top three that are in their eyes is obviously Toby Rudolph and Ben Murdoch Masilla because they're going to. Uh, New Zealand next year and then obviously Russell Packer because there's a lot of good forwards at West Tigers and he hasn't been given much game time. What do you think in terms of you know the Warriors obviously they've given up a lot of their sacrifices to come over to our our ground a bit uh, our land they've been up at Tamworth for you know two and a half weeks in isolation and training. And now they're at the Central Coast. And now they're at Terrigal. Uh, is it about time the NRL was smart enough to do this? Yeah, man, I think it's a good thing uh, that alone players to them because obviously with the bubble, like well, the 30 player bubble that they're only meant to have, and all the injuries, why not help them, help them out uh, during this stage? Obviously, I know it's called alone. Obviously, uh, you've mentioned three players there. Two of them are going to the Warriors next year. My thing is, the two that are meant to be going there next year, and this is my personal opinion, shouldn't be allowed to go this year because they're not alone then. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Um, Murdoch Masilla is the hard one. It's, you know, he's one in another country, in another continent. Yeah, he's in Warrington, over in Warrington. Yeah, he's over, he's over there at the moment. Um, so that one there makes it very tough. Toby Rudolph, if it's only going to be for four to six weeks, four to six weeks, my understanding is that if they do get loaned there, it's up to the Warriors to have to fit him into their cap and pay him for that four to six weeks. But, you know, inevitably there are injuries in football. Um, you don't want to go there and, and you know, have um, have an injury. Uh, look, some per- one, one person commented on our Facebook post about this the other day saying that they've come over with, you know, 30 or 28. Um, you know, they've got a couple of injuries. They've still got 11 there. It's not the point. The, the point of the matter is, is under the COVID um, situation, the NRL have allowed clubs to carry 32 players and, uh, at the moment, you know, Nathaniel Roach, who did stay behind, but he's now over here, he's still injured. And there is no timeline on when he's due to come back because there's an indefinite injury. Um, you know, it's a, it's a day-to-day process with an indefinite injury. That, that's why it's indefinite for you don't know how long. 
Um, I think Fusatua's come over, but then you've lost Adam Kieran, you've lost uh, Armour, you've lost... Who was the other one that they lost the other day? I can't remember who they lost the other day, but uh, Ignatius Parsi went down in the preseason. They've lost a lot of their top-line 17 players, and I guess having the, the extras is um, just in, in the safeguard, but if they're over here with 28 and everyone else has got 32, it's... It's putting them behind the eight ball already, isn't it, Trev? Oh, it is. And it's not just the players they're losing. It's the position. Mm. So if they haven't got the players to cover those positions, like, you know, like, yeah, you may have, like, a back row who could probably possibly play centre, but in hindsight, they're not up to play centre, you know what I mean? Even though they're first graders... They're carrying extra 10 kgs. They're carrying some extra weight or... They got less mobility or whatever. So, also you got to look at the position the players are playing because, as you see, we saw last season with the Manly Seagulls when they went through their injuries, they had to get permission for Abbas Miski to make his first grade debut on the wing, on the wing outside top thirty because they had no one else to play those positions. Oh, but come on, mate! You could have you could have put um, Jakey Trevojevic on the wing, couldn't you? Like, some of the some of the people. That's their mindset. Oh, you know, you've got this amount of numbers, not realizing its positioning. Uh, on to the next one, mate. Grub. Uh, it's finally uh, been announced and settled that he will play for West Tigers in 2020. There was much talk that he was going to return back to the home home club of uh, Bulldogs where he made his debut. What do you see on that one? Yeah, mate, I just hope that he gets uh, game time. So do I. Now, because if he doesn't get game time, like I know if I was Josh himself and his agent, I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah, uh, well, you got to look at it. He's, he's had a rough time at the Tigers. He's come there as one of the marquee players being on the top of his game at Bulldogs, you know, representing his state and that. Uh, and then he just gets crippled with injury after injury and then he has the uh, off-field saga, uh, which rightly so, he was in the right. Um, and, you know, true justice sets itself uh, to be that way. <clears throat> now you've got Benji back and Benji's playing great footy. Luke Brooks, he seems to be carrying a few hamstring constraints, so maybe... Maybe Brooks might, you know, make way there if his injuries still continue. Benji go to half, and then Josh slips into five eight. But he's spent the whole preseason at hooker, and then they get Harry Grant and Billy Walters in. So, you know, he, he's he's a dynamite player. I, I I reckon you stick Josh Reynolds in the forwards, and he'll still play hard. He's that type of player. Oh yeah, man. Like he's <laughs> just got one of those. He's not a big body, but man, he's got a, a good mental toughness and a ticker. And a I know. We, oh, maybe we should have. Maybe they should loan loan Grub to Warriors. Then <laughs> he can go play up there and play in the forwards. Because as we just said beforehand, you know, positioning and positioning. But you get players like Grub who will play anywhere. Um, as we we did touch on this on Wednesday, Cody Walker, you know, got the two weeks from the NRL. Didn't appeal it. Copped it on the chin. Uh, we won't touch more on that one. Other than it's down to Troy Duggan and I think Blake Taff. If Blake Taff's in the 32. Yeah. Uh, to make their debuts in that position. Just also with that, uh, Cody was also cleared by the New South Wales Police of any wrongdoing as well. well yes, but that's been reported. But also the um, the blackmail case is still open. They're trying to find out who was blackmailing him. Yeah. Uh, move on, mate. Referees Friday afternoon decided not to go to arbitration. They have agreed to stick to the one referee with the two. Referees now becoming touch judges, uh, and they. Uh, Peter Valandis was on um, the Triple M's, uh, I think rush hour during the middle of the week. I listened to it, and um, basically, he said that if anything, 
uh, it's um, going to make it a lot better because you've got free full-time officials not as he called it casuals part-timers that, that have other jobs and they're coming to run the touch judges on the weekend even though generally speaking those touch judges they still have to do their, their training outside they, they still have to be at the peak of their game oh, yeah, of course. Um, one person I feel real real bad for if he doesn't get a get a run because I don't think there's enough full-timers to be able to go across every game for a whole weekend and they'd like to not to to double up um, full-timers on, on too many games would be Ricky McFarlane he's yeah, uh yeah, he's about 17 or, or maybe 15 games now because he got the two first two rounds. 15 games away from being in the 300 club, and I wouldn't want to see COVID-19 bring down this stellar career. He's been around for 11, 11 years in the top grade. Yeah, he's been around a long time. 200 and, yeah, 280 odd, odd games uh, in first first grade level. Um, so I hope that, you know, we're in the referees commission or referees Appointments board looking at what part-timers they're going to keep if they need any. I hope Ricky's name is at the top of the list there so he can be joined that 300 club. It's a very elusive club, whether you're a player or a match official. Uh, and then um, broadcasting, mate. Uh, the broadcasting deal is set to be announced um, probably by the end of today. It was meant to be done by the time we start next week. Uh, Fox Sports and Channel 9 are in a predicament where they want to set the terms because there's no other revenue coming in for the clubs other than merchandise at local stores. What's your take on this? Oh, mate, I just think uh, with the broadcasting deal, like what I've read and been told, that Volandis has got... Because there's still a couple of years left on the current one. Yeah. So he's got extra money for the last couple of seasons, but an extra for... Been done another four years after that to take it out to another seven seasons. So that's pretty good for a double dip on the last three seasons of the contract. Uh, good on him. Mate, uh, Channel 9, as uh, Nick Politis uh, has <laughs> been quoted during the week saying... It's not, a, it's not a draw? It's not a draw to TV schedule. <laughs> and, it, mate, and it's right because it's, it's, it's a fact that Channel 9 gets their pick of the games... And Fox gets the rest. Yeah, and it's always been like that when they both. Well, you look at it. You look at it this year. Gold Coast Titans only have one free to wear game. Yeah. So if you're a Gold Coast fan, you don't have Foxtel. You got to rely on Triple M, ABC, Two GB to listen to your team. You don't get a visual sighting of your team. No, that's right. For, uh, for only one game out of the twenty games that they've got. And then you have teams like Brisbane, and geez, I roll my eyes. Every Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, they never play Saturday or Sunday. And it's always a Channel 9 game because it's up in Brisbane. Yeah, and it's TV ratings. There's two other teams in, in Queensland that can have a Friday night game. Yeah, definitely. And like even during the... Oh, sorry. Even during the week, Ricky Stewart came out, blasted the new di- uh, draw, or more so the TV scheduling. Yeah. Because Canberra have lost five free-to-air games now. Yeah, so would we... Moving forward, if, if you were in Peter Volandi's shoes, would you make a that it's got to be guaranteed that each club get at least five free-to-wear games, whether it be a Thursday night, a Friday night, or a Sunday afternoon. There's three games a week there. Or would you would you then open it up to possibly another TV channel coming in to take another couple of games to then get more free-to-wear games? Mate, I think uh, if I was Peter Volandis, I would... 
between the Channel 9, each club must get at least a certain amount of free-to-air games. Uh, for the main purpose being is that, and I, I, I mentioned this on Serious About Rugby League the other day when we were talking about the salary cap and I mentioned the TV deal over in Super League. I know it's completely different over there to here, but same theory in that, that if I'm the CEO, say for example, of Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. and the Gold Coast Titans come to me and say, oh, uh, we want you to be our main sponsor, our major sponsor on our jersey, I'm going to be like, how much money are you asking for? Just hypothetically, they say a million dollars. And I'm going to be like, look, guys, you haven't had too many free-to-air games, though. So why would I want to uh, give you a million dollars? I'll give you seven fifty. But if you got more free-to-air games, I'll give you that extra money. So the clubs can up their money if it's on free-to-air because more people will watch free-to-air than Fox Sports. Well, you look at it, everyone, everyone's got an antenna. Not, right. not everyone's got a Foxtel box. And that's another, that's another great point there in terms of... Um, in terms of your, your, your deals and, and, and whatnot and, and your bargaining, you know, sponsors aren't in it just to fork out the money. And especially coming out of this COVID situation, everyone's going to be more stringent on their money and their spending on where they're going to do it. And if you have, like you said, if you have Broncos and Gold Coast both going for the biggest company that's in Queensland, they're going to go with Broncos because Broncos are on TV every week. That's it, on free-to-air. Free-to-air TV every week. Prime time. Yeah. Mate, uh, we're into the final five hours of our um, Junior League Rugby League battle. Uh, Ellen Brook up against uh, Cambridge Park. What's the uh, update? Okay, it's uh, just an update. Obviously, just let the people know who have been watching this. Uh, at the moment, we can't actually give it an exact score. Because we've reached over 1,000. Because we've reached over 1,000. But the way it works, the closest uh, emo emotion, emoji, whatever you want to call it, closest to the left of your screen is what's in the lead. And at the moment, uh, we've got Ellenbrook uh, from Western Australia uh, leading at the moment. And within the last hour, it's been going back and forward. So anything can happen in these last couple of hours. And uh, what's the total 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 amount of uh, votes counted, mate? It's, it's been a lot. This is just crazy. It's, it's been over uh, 2.7k at the moment. It's a lot for Junior League. Junior League is um, is a great great lover of their of their clubs, and I love how they're backing it. The whole the whole state of WA have gotten behind Ellenbrook. Uh, NRL WA has shared the post on Friday evening, so. You know, it's the whole of uh, WA up against basically the whole of New South Wales. But if you have a look on some of the votes, there's some cheeky people who are going for oh, Alan Brook in, in New South Wales. Even in Penrith District alone, mate, some have gone to cheeky on on uh, Cambo and and they've gone over to Ellen Brook. Oh, definitely, mate. I've seen some of the names that popped up <laughs> for Ellen Brook. You know, and nine times out of ten, it's probably because they don't like Cambo, Cambridge Park for whatever reason. But you know, it's just part of the rivalry and. Uh, obviously, I've seen some banner going on between some mates saying, hey, what are you doing? I played for Cambo. He goes, yeah, but, you know, I've got to show some support for the underdog. Because I've got to remember, throughout all of this, Cambridge Park were just getting high numbers. Uh, above above, um, above 600, they average throughout their whole competition. Yeah, high numbers. And not many other teams were doing that. And But now we're getting down, like we're, as we know, we're in the grand final. Alan Brooks getting these big numbers. Yes, they got all of WA behind them. And then you got 
people who prop ways what I've already mentioned don't like Cambo, so we'll go for Ellen Brook because probably Cambo probably beat their club in the junior rounds. Yeah, yeah mate, it uh, looks like we might be road tripping later on this year. I reckon there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of support all over, which is really good for for us. So we might have to go and do a, a weekend over in WA and visit a couple of these grounds, I reckon. What do you, what do you reckon, mate? Oh, mate, I reckon WA will be good. We, we can go fishing over there as well. Good fishing. I hope Dale's got enough brownies for that one, but mate. Just also, while we are talking about WA, uh, to our WA listeners out there, I know at the moment you're expecting major storm to hit you very shortly. Stay safe. Uh, secure everything that's, uh, that's not secured. And I just hope uh, no one gets hurt over there. Yeah, secure your beer fridge and make sure it's full. That's how I'd be going through a mad storm. <laughs> um, mate, we'll move on. we got more pressing things. Um, National Cabinet obviously meets every Friday. And obviously, as as they do, information uh, leaks out in the, the following days. And uh, no no doubt this week was no, no different. And it's come straight to uh, community sports, mate, in general. Not just Community Rugby League, as one person's inbox us on the page. Um, community sports in general. And I'll just quickly read, you know, the federal government's top sport agency, Sport Australia, has unveiled, unveiled new rules for the game to return for community sports across the country under the guidelines which can be implemented at all levels of sport grandparents have been told they must stay away from matches meanwhile just one parent will be permitted to attend their child's game and they'll be expected to watch on from the car where suitable we'll get we'll get to what my opinions were which i posted on the page and we'll go from there mate high fives handshakes and huddles have all been around i've uh, been banned whilst kids have to shower and change at home clubs will also need to appoint a covid safety coordinator to liaise with uh, other clubs and peak bodies, pushing more on the volunteers, which we'll get into again. Um, that COVID coordinator will be expected to establish a safety plan individually suited for their own club. Uh, Federal Sports Minister Richard Colbeck said the Sport Australia guidelines will help sport clubs across the country get back on track. Highly unlikely, but anyway. The safe return of competition relies on this responsible rollout where everybody follows advice and takes precaution, Colbeck said. Sporting clubs and organisations across Australia will play an enormous part in getting the nation back on track as we recover from the impact of COVID-19. Not with your guidelines, mate, but anyway. It is up to the states and territories to determine when community sports will return. However, having the Sport Australia guidelines in place could mean a quicker restart date for sports clubs. Uh, mate, I'll quickly go over and I'll read out what my opinions were and I, I dare say my opinions are going to be echoed by you anyway. So basically, you know, first and foremost, banning grandparents, that sees a portion of our players unable to get to training or games due to grandparents helping out the parents by taking kids to training or games because the parents still have to work. Uh... In some cases, grandparents are the sole custodians of, of said grandchild due to whatever reason. Kids being taken out, parents have passed away, whatever whatever may be the case. Some grandparents are sole, sole, sole um, custody and caregivers of, of uh, the kids. Some grandparents are still young enough to be a father or a mother as well. Um, some of them only 40 or, or 45. Uh, so, you know, they're still actively involved in 
the club, whether it be on the committee, whether it be a coach, a manager, a trainer. Under these guidelines, no manager, no trainer, no coach, no no um no volunteers to cook the barbecue and canteen, which again the rule of sitting in the car alleviates the canteen altogether, which means that the clubs are, aren't making any money. Uh, they rely a lot on canteens, takings per weekend to make money. You know, you, you average it. We averaged it last year uh, when I was at Spartans, and we weren't a big club, but we had host games in the vicinity of up to two grand on some weekends, depending on how many games you have at your ground. If you have upwards of 11 games at your ground, you're going to get up to that 2.5k mark a, a, a game, a day. Then you do that over well, what's tipped to be an eight-round competition, $16,500 on average that each club are going to lose on canteen takings because you can't get out of your car. Um, I mean, just, just like, I know I'm going to be cheeky here, when I say this, how about like each club starts up a canina and say, oh, this is where I'm in my car, this is my number plate, and deliver it to my car. Footy log! <laughs> is that a menu log? Footy log! <laughs> um, and, and then moving on to that. It's a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that. Um, it's okay for players to tackle one another. But after the game, do not, under any circumstance, shake hands, high-five, huddle, whatever. Or even, like, you know, obviously from international, from 13s and up. You scrums. You can pack a scrum, but you can't get in a huddle. Like, I know we're, we're concentrating on rugby league here, and I know these are guidelines that have been put out at a national cabinet level. And that, man, I, I just don't think, in theory, it's going to work. And that, because you're expecting too much. And, that, and I, I wouldn't be too surprised... If uh, some of the junior leagues can get, get can, obviously we still need to uh, see what New South Wales rugby league and the state government comes up with. But we know that they will follow what comes from uh, the federal. Well, as you've seen, most most of the states have echoed what uh, Scomo has brought out at, after a national cabinet meeting, uh, whether it be delayed by a week or two. Um, it's still eventually gets out uh, so it'd be no different with this as well uh, <laughs> you know if car parks got to watch from the car park have they been have have these sporting agency sports australia ever ventured out to pepper tree oval kingsway in certain areas uh, what about let's let's go to lower mountains emu plains uh, where else we're talking? This is only in Penrith area, but you, let's go to Murrance Lane, which used to be St. Patrick's, and now now is uh, Spartans. Spartans. Their fields are raised up from the car park, so you can't see shit. Uh, let's go. What else? What about Cabra? They've got a grandstand that's fully enclosed in the fence, and the car park's yeah. half a k away. Behind the behind the canteen, there. No, they they haven't taken great oh, thought. Yeah. Obviously, like each case will have to be looked at individually on how, because that will come down to the COVID uh, rep or the COVID. Uh, yes, so the COVID coordinator will then have to have to establish, and this is what I don't get: they want a COVID nineteen coordinator to effectively do what is a full time thirty eight hour a week job. They're going to have to initiate a COVID-19 safety coordinator. Then that COVID safety coordinator has to then in, um, individually establish a safety plan for that cl for their club 
Um, they probably have a 10-step pro, uh, process they've got to follow. But what happens if what happens if they make that COVID plan? They send it back to the authorities, and the authorities go, it crosses this one, it crosses this one, it crosses it. So your plan only ticks one out of ten. You can't host games. Your club is not playing this year. What's that gonna What's that gonna set? It's gonna set up a shit fight moving forward. It's gonna open up a can of worms. Now, obviously, um, just some most clubs should have a a risk um, analysis or a risk person does all their risk management. So that person will probably end up taking on the COVID stuff. But again, not every club would uh, have someone in a position. <laughs> Because again, it is a, like a full-time job, and that, and definitely like you know, if you got to write up uh, a planning and to pass on to the authorities, yeah, you know, and if you've got a full-time job, because like quite a few of these people are essential workers, they're not ones who have been laid off. No, and then you look at that as well. Can you tell me what the average number is in 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 each committee that turn up week in week out? May I be honest? I'll, not all of them. I can, I can count on, on both hands how many people are legitimately there week in, week out at each club. And uh, that's that's not a lot. I've only got ten, ten or eight fingers and two thumbs, but I've got ten digits here. There's not many that would turn up week in, week out and then, you know, have to do some, some you know, secretary, treasurers, you know, dealing with money and that, and then have to go and sit down and do this as well. I, I, I don't. I don't see. Look, it's a good idea, but I don't see it's gonna how effectively it's gonna work. Having the the struggles that most clubs have on um, attracting, retaining committee members on a yearly basis. Uh, we'll go into some of the comments, mate. Like, there's been over 150 comments, or even 200 now. Um, there's a lot of people saying that. Um, their kids won't won't play this year. They won't. They can't see them playing. There's a few saying that, um, you know, the the inconsistencies with the government are, are strife again here. We've been allowed to tackle but can't handshake. Uh, you know, parents having to sit in the car and, and, and whatever else. Um, there are a lot of people that are agreeing with with our our, our opinions here. Saying that, uh, you know, it's it's mind blowing how it's going to happen, and a lot of people are saying that, it, you know, uh, it's going to fall back to the volunteers, and uh, you know, one person even says, I, I wouldn't want to be the volunteer that has to tell the Tongans and Samoans that they've got to move on. Now, as we're not we're not saying that Tongans and Samoans are bad. It's just. Uh, it's just hilarious that someone had mentioned that, and um, you know, a lot of crowd crowd control is is hard in its um, in, in in normal days, normal games, mate. Ground manager tells you to move behind the fence, you get a snicker or a laugh off most most um, fans that are out there watching. So it's uh, you know, it's very very uneasy times. But as we've already stated, we stated on on our page, we stated here earlier. We're waiting on confirmation from New South Wales Junior Rugby League. However, it's, look, if these if these guidelines are implemented by New South Wales Rugby League, it'll be hard to see how many competitions do go ahead. I can I can almost guarantee that most um, country rugby league competitions would 
fall to the wayside for this year. And that's where um, TFW Summer 9 enters the equation, Trev. <laughs> summer nines, TFW summer nines. So what we're what we're looking at doing here, guys, is we're going to run a nine aside competition. Uh, it will be the club. It'll be a club thing. You have to uh, play with the players that were registered to your club or were going to play with your club this year. If you're out there and you're listening to us, hit us up. Tell us if your ground has. A cricket pitch in the middle. We are looking for grounds that are rectangle in shape, that don't have a cricket pitch in the middle. We're, we're willing to set this up out in the bush as well, um, where metro teams will come to the bush. It's going to help you with your uh, your tourism, your you know money into your local economy. It won't kick off until late October, where most restrictions will be lifted. So, uh, look, hit us up, guys. Let us know if you are interested in the Summer Nines. Yeah, guys, the Summer Nines, it's like, you know, obviously there's still a lot of process that has to go into place to get approval, but we're throwing it out there now for interest uh, because obviously it will help us when we put the proposal forward. And thank you for listening to our 30-minute edition of the Final Whistle. Uh... We'll be back Wednesday, full round three preview. Uh, we're going to chat with Shannon Gallant, Mighty Mouse. He's uh, still running around in Sydney Shield. And uh, we'll get some mad stories from his time at Tigers and at uh, North Queensland. And his son, Preston, will be in our look long, play short, junior league yep. player chat. And just a quick update. Ellen Brooks still in the lead. Ellen Brooks in the lead as we go off the air on the podcast. Have a good Sunday afternoon, guys. Thanks for listening. Let's go crack some beers, Trev. And that's the final whistle.